0: to you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Monica Ramirez. She is an artist, a transformational belief coach, and an NLP practitioner. How are you doing today, Monica?
1: Hi, Brad. Nice to see you. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you so much for making and taking the time to be here with me today. And I'm looking forward to jumping in and sharing about your journey, your story, and all of the beautiful light that you're putting out into the world. So let's jump right in. So as mentioned, you're an artist, a transformational belief coach, NLP practitioner, you have a ton of other titles, a galactic Akashic records reader, tarot reader, writer, you are the founder of Path to the Heart, and multiple other things. So how... In the hell, with that resume, I mean, you have one hell of a resume, extensive. How do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization for you in order to stay on top of things?
1: Well, to stay on top of things, first of all, I have to check on myself first (laughs) every morning. I believe that's that's where we start, right? And let's say I have a client and the client wants to start working with me. And first of all, I go with the basis of NOP that what do they want. And from there, I have so many modalities that we can work. I can work with them. And I can use NOP. I can use BQH, that is hypnotherapy. We can do Akashic Records, but depending on what the client wants.
0: So I'm very curious then, with you wearing so many hats and working in so many modalities and being so busy, what does your morning routine look like? <laughs> well, <laughs> She laughs. laughs. <laughs> my friends tell me that I don't sleep (laughs) (laughs) but
1: well I wake up in the mornings I do my morning routines like uh, giving thanks for everything that I have and everything who I am and I do my meditations, my breathing and of course I have to have my coffee and Mexican and I love coffee waking up with coffee (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, I start getting ready. And after I start getting ready, I go to my computer and start checking my calendar, who I'm going to see, when I'm going to see them, and so forth. And if I have time, I start writing content for my new book that is coming out hopefully soon, too.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: uh, Thank you. Yes, I just published my first book, From Path to the Heart to Level 1, and I'm working on the second level. Beautiful. So after that, I I just continue with my, if if I have coaching, I do coaching, I have interviews. Like right now, I do interviews. Thank God for my staff. I could not do this in reality without them, without my team. And I have meetings with them and we check what we have to do during the week or what we have things to do. And then after that, I do teach my classes and so forth. And I'm a mom, so I check my daughter. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all of that and a mom, the most important yeah. role. Wow, you are one hell of a busy lady. Yes,
1: I have a teenager that's my youngest one.
0: <laughs> and so what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and keep pushing and excelling at all that you do, Monica?
1: It is passion. It's literally passion. It wake me up. They wanted to help others. I wanted to transform others. It is... And what adventures I'm going to have also that day. Because I truly believe that everybody, it is a reflection of myself. And I am a reflection of them in the moment they need me. So it is and it's an adventure observing life like that. Seeing that what it is, what you're going to learn today, what lessons are going to come out. And that's what keeps me moving in reality.
0: I want to talk a little bit about your coaching now. I've heard a lot of people say that most, if not all coaches of course, have been through their own personal struggles and journeys and before making the leap into coaching. I mean, we've all had our own shit to deal with and personal journeys as human beings. But what I have found, though, is that for most of the people I speak with who are now coaches, their personal struggles or journey were the catalyst for them getting into coaching and becoming a coach. So can you share a little bit about your own personal journey you went through before making the leap into coaching?
1: Yes. I had a school of metaphysics in Veracruz because you have always me metaphysics and the unknown and things like that. In that time, of course, I did not know I was a Chandler. I did not know where life was going to take me, even to the United States. And when I arrived here to the United States, I went into a deep depression because I did not want it to be here. Even my parents and my family are from the United States. I went into that deep depression. It was a very different culture than where I was raised. So I went into, in that time, I did a bunch of mistakes trying to fit in in, a, in a, this new country with new friends, with new everything. And I lost myself in the society with rituals and costumes and things like that. And it took me a lot of, again, working with myself, going to many sun dances. And this has been in my family. The mystical part has always been in my family. Since I was four years old, my older sister next to me, that she's 11 years older than me. She taught me how to telepathy because there was no cell phones and there was no way to communicate with her. And she was living far away. So I learned telepathy when I was four years old. Wow. So it's been in my family for a long, long time, all these things. And the catalyst was when I I've been married four times in my third marriage. I married him because I did not believe in myself and my dad was dying. And Mm -hmm. I felt that the world was falling down and how I was going to survive in this society without a man. (laughs) Wow. So so I married the first guy that I found and that was a big mistake. But it was one of my biggest lessons at the same time and the best teacher I had because I was getting beaten and he wanted to take my business. I had an art gallery then. Mm -hmm. He wanted to take the, the 50% of my business that I started by myself. So that took me more beatings and so forth. And I got sick with lupus, RA, fibromyalgia, and a horrible depression that I have to hide it or else it cost me more beatings.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And then I got pregnant. <laughs> and it was a little girl. And, I, and that's my teeny neighbor a year that is, I told her all the time that she saved my life.
0: <laughs> because when
1: I was going in that is spiral going down, it was love that I was like, For that I had for her, it was like, no, I don't want to She grows with this mentality that this is normal because this is not normal. And she gave me the guts to actually get out of that relationship that I was asking for the divorce and finishing that. But I was still sick. And because I still did not believe in myself, I married my fourth husband that he's bipolar. He's an amazing person. He's a great man, but he is bipolar. So my sickness was still there. Of course, because I was still carrying a lot of things that I should not be carrying and a lot of guilts and shames and blames and all this kind of stuff. And the friends that met me then, they can tell you the story that I am a very different person than to now because I heal myself. I was needing to heal myself because I was already with epilepsy now. So I was depending on someone to drive me and that was getting me nuts. So one day I went to sleep and my sleep, I asked my higher self that if, that I just wanted to change a timeline because in reality, my life, it was being terrible. It was sick, depressed, not living the life that I wanted, basically almost doing not much money as an art teacher and as an artist. And in my dream, my higher self that I call her now, tell me, okay, are you ready to change your life? Like, yes, please get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and she took me to a precipice, and in that precipice, I saw dark, dark in the bottom, and I told her, "Okay, and she told me jump." Like, "Oh no, I hear that if you, you die when you're asleep, you never yeah. wake up." And she told me, "Okay, then you can go back to your bed, and everything is going to be exactly how it is." Oh no, I jumped in that moment. <laughs> I was so <laughs> tired of my life. and my life since then have not been the same. To be honest, I haven't had florops in seven years. I do not take any kind of medications. Even I forget even to take the vitamins. And after that it's just been getting better and better and better and better. And now I I learn when all my friends start seeing me how I change and that I was not swollen, that I was not in pain, that I have actually energy. That they started asking me, how do I did it? And that's when I started reconstructing myself. Okay, what do I did? And that's actually the first book that came out, Transformation and Metamorphosis. That is the understanding where I was, what I was doing to myself before, and what do I did to change it? And I started taking all the classes that I could to fix myself. And after I started fixing myself, and it's like, huh, this can help someone else not only me and i start coaching and then i find another modality like oh this can help me oh and when i prove it with myself that it helped me like oh i can help this with this new modality to someone else and so and so and so
0: wow that (laughs) that is incredible monica what a story that is so powerful were your friends in disbelief when you started telling them
1: well, they did not understood because the majority of the friends that I had it was artists. And okay. even if I, I consider them the majority very spiritual and channelers, of course they're not gonna admit it. They for them it was just very strange what I was doing. Like I stopped eating meats. Yeah. From one way to the other. It's like why? You don't like meats? Like you yes, I do like meats, but I'm starting to listen to my body. My body's saying, No more meats and No more meats. When going to stop? When my body tells me, hey, do you want a juicy steak? Okay, let's go and have a juicy (laughs) steak.
0: (laughs) I love it. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. So how have these experiences helped shape the Monica you are today, both personally and professionally, do you think?
1: Well, I started believing in myself. And that's when I realized that when I had the art gallery and all the artists came to me, they didn't believe in themselves. They ego is very fragile of the artist. So I was always empowering them. I was an art teacher. I even work with the National Federation of the Blind, the chapter, local chapter. Okay. And I was teaching them how to paint to blind people. And then I could find them art exhibits in Italy and different places. So they start believing in themselves. So that was my first step, understanding what I have done to others to start doing it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> to To start believing in me and that was starting to be the game changer because the only way that you can believe in yourself, it is basically to remove the judgment that you have towards you, start forgiving yourself, start loving yourself so you can start observing life in a very different lens than you had before.
0: Yeah, that self-love is the most important piece of that puzzle. Everything... Starts with self. Everything begins with us and the foundation of that self-love and the foundation of us.
1: Yes, totally do. Because that's where all the, the main problems start. When we don't think we deserve, when we don't think we can have more, or we can actually change our lives. But if we love ourselves, we're not going to try to harm us or make the wrong choices that are going to harm us. Because first, we're going to start thinking, what do I want?
0: Right. Right. Powerful. That is incredible. So what is it, Monica, that sets you and the work you do apart from other coaches? Why would they choose to work with you over another coach?
1: Well, one of the things having different modalities is that I am being a channeler. My, as a channeler, my guides told me, like many times, each patient is different. So... They're going to have different needs and it's not a cookie cutter. That like, oh, I'm going to go to, like when I was Reiki, I am a Reiki master. Oh, you go to step one, two, three, and so on and so. Because each client have different needs in different areas in, in their lives. So when they come with me, I created a new modality. In this modality, I do not work in the traditional sense with anything because I'm always being guided. My guides are the ones that tell me, you know what, this person needs this and this and this or suggest this thing or let's go into theta level. That's where I like to work a lot in the subconscious of the human being. So even if aligning chakras or removing contracts or calling contracts or whatever they need, we do it in that state, in that theta level state.
0: Now, what is your greatest strength as a coach? What makes you unique?
1: Well, what I believe it is, I mix a lot of my healing, my coaching and healing and this with art, because I feel there's a lot of the things that they have to actually heal. And it comes in the creativity when we were kids. So I do work a lot where the problem begins with each one of my clients. And sometimes they needed into they needed not only to be a, a a talk therapy with talking. Sometimes it needs to go into the level. Or sometimes I love homeworks. My clients would tell you, "Oh, Monica loves homeworks."
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's always giving us homework.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> because I believe that's the only way that is gonna actually stay with them that understanding that they got. And even if they have to do a painting to get the point across and make a bookmark in their conscience. Sometimes paintings do work.
0: I love that you incorporate art into your coaching for your clients. I mean, I think that when we're kids, we're so free and and we don't have a care in the world. And in particular, speaking about art, with kids, when you bring art into it, they just, they'll try anything. They're free and, you know, they'll go with things. But when we're adults, we have so much more of a hard time letting go and reverting back to being a kid and being completely free and just trying things because we're so caught up. Well, this doesn't look right. And no, that doesn't look right. And I can't do this and I can't do that. And, you know, it it takes us back to our art is a beautiful thing. And I think it's needed everywhere.
1: Yes, I do agree. It is about the self-judgment. What other people are going to opinion about my piece of art? What other people are going to opinion about me? And that's where the self-criticism is the one that is the big destroyer. Because it goes with us. It doesn't matter if you don't show it to anyone. You have your own ego that is going to be criticizing you with all the voices of the external. Yeah. That if we actually can remove that, that's when we can become really free. Because your guides are never going to judge you. (laughs) Yeah. Our ego is the only one that is going to be judging us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, being trained in multiple areas and, and so many modalities, Monica, can you speak a bit about that and how you incorporate those into your work as well? you give us a brief overview of your approach when working with clients?
1: Yes. When I'm working with a client, the first thing, like I mentioned, I ask what, what do they want. That is the, one of the first stages of steps of NOP. because from there I can work with them. I know if I can work with them in reframing them. So like that, they can change the programming of the way they are observing things or their limitations. And if that doesn't work, that's when we go in, what are they going to change? What are the limitations? Why they have not achieved what do they really want. And that's when sometimes I use, and not theta healing, it's in theta, theta level, because I'm it is I'm being guided. I'm not following a book. Yeah. guys, like I it is... Okay, this client needs this or needs that or needs to reprogram this. And I asked them before even we go into the theta level if what things they feel they are triggering them, what things are blocking them. So like that, we can work in that level with them. And I love, like I mentioned before, I love to give homeworks because like that (laughs) is like you're going to write about what are your fears? Mm -hmm. What is limiting you? Because if you don't know it in that moment, then the majority of human beings, they don't know what they want. So that's one of the first things that they wanted to achieve something. They need to know what they want, so they know where they're going, and that's where the Congress comes very handy. Or yeah. sometimes if they are. There's many people that likes to control others. Art yes. it is amazing for that to break in those patterns.
0: <laughs> when did you really embrace your gifts and decide to start using them to help other people?
1: Well, around seven years ago. That's when I started actually working with people consciously and with all the certifications that I got. Because before I did, like I mentioned, 30 years ago, I have a school of metaphysics when I was teaching people how to meditate. And before then, I was doing art therapy, even with my people. But in this field, more as coaching, it was about seven years ago.
0: Now, you've said that you believe that all sicknesses are psychosomatic. Can you share with us how and why you believe this to be true?
1: Yes, like I mentioned before, I was sick, and I came to understand that why I provoked those sickness. If we see the the sickness of the lupus, that is from the immune system, that is a sickness that is going to defend you, so it attacks your heart, your lungs, your liver, whatever different organs, and to the point that it kills you. And and I thought, okay, why do I provoke that exactly when I was getting beaten? And it was precisely because I put a bottom of auto-destruction on myself because I wanted a protector because my father wasn't there. So who was going to defend me? So I put my body to defend me, but it was attacking me at the same time. Mm -hmm. I was responsible of attracting that to myself. And the moment I start forgiving myself and my ex-husband for everything he did, because now I see him as one of my greatest teachers, That's when I start, I start healing. There's an amazing book that I got in that time that from Louis Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Okay. uh, That I apply a lot to myself in that, more in that time. And now I just ask if I have even a flu. Okay, why do I got this flu? Am I trying to get attention of people or my family or some love or why am I trying to look in there? Or I have problems in my stomach. It is fear base so it's like okay what I'm afraid of what is happening around me why I am afraid of this and immediately every time I work in this level with myself and asking myself these questions and working on that immediately the problems I have in my stomach they're gone or the problems I have with when my flu is gone faster and any problems that I have I have learned that I can heal myself That don't necessarily have to go to a doctor and take medications. In fact, every time I go with doctors, they try to, they even get mad at me. Why a 53-year-old woman? It is not more medications or going with doctors.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course (laughs) they want to give you medication. Yes. That's what they do.
1: (laughs) Yes. So I don't go to doctors, but I am not feeling I don't have any kind of herbs of anything. So wow. I don't need that.
0: Do you believe that we all have the tools within us to heal? We all have that ability within us?
1: Yes, we do. We just have to make a deep dive inside of us why we provoke this. And I mentioned this book because a lot of the things that I encounter, in fact, like the anger, the anger can get you really sick in yes. so many levels onto to the point that it can kill you. Hate it works the same way, and that can provoke different kinds of sickness, like even cancer. Oh. And it is not easy to let go that anger. It is not easy to let go that hate. But in the moment, you start working on that, and in different levels, doing what you have to do, but working with yourself. I'm not saying that don't go with the doctor. No, go with the doctor, take your medication, but do your inner work, and that can create the shift. Your inner shift. Hey, they told me for 15 years that I was going to die. Different doctors, different medications, different everything. And that was not true.
0: And here you are. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What is one tip then or takeaway that listeners can implement immediately then to to start reconditioning their mind for shifting their beliefs around self-healing and the mindset around sickness? What is one thing you would suggest to get started with learning to put that into practice?
1: Well, the first thing I will tell them is everything they present in front of themselves, it is just a reflection and inner work that they have to do. So if they observe their situation, their emotions, how they're feeling and thinking, that's where they have to work with themselves. When they're observing themselves and they remove every single judgment about it, it's like, okay, I'm feeling fear. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Why'm feeling fear? Because this situation is new or because it is it has happened to me many times in the past, or whatever it is. and you start working with that emotion and thoughts. you can start shifting it. And you forget, okay, yes, in the past probably I did the wrong choices and so forth. and that's why I feared now the situation. Yes, but okay, forgive yourself for whatever experience you had in that time. You acted with information that you had in the past. So now you're a different person. So now you're going to take the things in a different approach, but you're forgiving yourself or other people. That's how you start to empower yourself and you can change reality because in reality, we all have the power to change our reality and start living the reality we really want to live.
0: Isn't that incredible? When you think about all the people that are stuck in fear and all of these other things, and these, as you said, these emotions, the anger and all of these things manifest themselves in our bodies in sickness, in dis-ease. All the people walking around in that, in that mindset. And it's not easy to shift the mindset and to do the inner work, but the incredible power within that, the fact that everybody could be working on themselves to help heal themselves is just so powerful and incredible to me it's mind-blowing
1: yes and at the same time it is not so easy to accept your own truths we can lie to everybody in the world the only person we cannot lie is to ourselves
0: yeah very true Monica, you say that you are a galactic akashic records reader. For those who don't know, can you explain a little bit about exactly what the akashic records are? Secondly, what is the difference between you as a galactic akashic records reader and a regular akashic records reader?
1: There is a field in not only in this planet in in the ethereal part where mm-hmm. there is no time there's no space, that we can go and connect. Every single human being can do this. I'm not more special than anyone. We just learn how to do this, these things, like believing in ourselves. So we can go and connect into that point where there's no time nor space, and we can observe everything is already being written in there for everything that we have done in the history of the world or the Akashic Records, are the regular ones, are from the, this planet, in this world. So in there, we can connect, okay, what is the not only the things that you have done in this life, good and bad, but also from past lives. Okay. And the Galactic, because we tend to repeat the same stories. And not only that, in the Galactic, you go more from the point of origin, because we all come from source. But we have a point of origin. It can be like in my case, I was my point of origin was Sirius. That's where I started. I am a Sirius seed. Okay. Yes, I did have many lives in the Pleiades, and that's why I'm very attracted to the Pleiades. In fact, my higher self, her name is Maia. It's one of the seven sisters. So when we're reading the Galactic Akashic Records, we're going to the point of origin. Where we can understand past lives and and Akashic Records help us to understand what contrast we have done, what things we've been repeating, that we continue repeating to this moment. What mistakes, what behaviors we have, that we have repeated for so many eons that we already even forgot why we were repeating this. It can be if it's from the Galactic Akashic records, it can come from the wars for in Orion, not necessarily from the wars of the Second World War and the planet Earth. That can be a pattern. That's why we could go in battle in Vietnam or whatever we, we were, because we've been doing this for ages. That is the difference between the galactic and the, the regular Akashic records.
0: Okay. Very cool. I love it. I love this stuff. It's so intriguing. And everyone has the ability to access the Akashic records as well?
1: Yes, everybody has the ability to connect how to the how.
0: How do people? How would people learn how to do that?
1: There are many trainings about this. Okay, there are many trainings. I do train as my, one of my certifications that I do. It is for channeler and a healer, and in there they do connect to the kashik records and okay. they learn how to channel and they learn how to channel themselves too.
0: Love it because
1: everybody has that capability. It's is, just it is about training yourself to do it,
0: putting in the work. Yes. Monica, I want to talk a little bit now about your career and path as an artist. How and when did your journey begin into becoming an artist?
1: Well, my mother was an artist. So she okay. put me to paint when I was six years old. So like that, I let her paint. And then I started exhibiting my artwork when I was 13 years old.
0: Holy cow.
1: In Mexico. So that was long, long time ago. <laughs> and so your uh,
0: mother started you on the path.
1: Yes, but she never exhibited her work until I opened my art gallery.
0: Really? And, uh,
1: yes, we come from a Mexican family where my dad was very macho. And, and he would never let her exhibit anywhere else until I opened my art gallery. So that's when she started exhibiting her work. And and I started connecting. When something is for you, the doors open very easy. Right. So my, my work is being exhibited in every part of the world. I have paintings that have gone to Europe or Asia or India and all Latin America, Incredible. United States. And, and I exhibit everywhere. since Incredible. then. I, and as an art teacher, I did it for 25 years. Mm-hmm. until once in a while I still teach. But I wanted to teach more. I, now I, I do teach more, not so much the technique per se, that I am very good teaching that. But because I want to the people learn how to channel through art. It's more about the emotional part more than the techniques. Of okay. course, if they want both, I can do both.
0: Right, right. Now, where do you pull your inspiration from when you're creating your artwork?
1: At the beginning, if you ask me that question about Ten years ago, I would tell you, oh, something comes to my mind and I start painting it. No, now I I do it (laughs) one more conscience. Because I realized that that's why I say that all the artists are channelers. We are channeling our emotions. We're channeling things that messages that we're receiving in our head. And that's where my art is coming from. It comes through my, sometimes I just have the white canvas and I ask them, okay, what do I want to express in this painting? What is the message behind that I want to give this and sometimes it comes in layers. In the first layer yeah. it might be just some some a woman in there, let's say like that. But what is behind that woman that emotion that is going into the psychic, is going to the subconscious, and have some light language in there, you have some many other messages hiding in there. That is to wake up the human being.
0: Now, how do you deal with those blocks, those creative blocks when you get them? What have you found helps? deal with those when they come up
1: everybody has that uh, it right. doesn't matter your writers your painter musician we all have that what i do i change techniques so i'm not all the time painting sometimes i'm writing sometimes okay. i'm doing sculpture sometimes i am just teaching and i just have to wait until the next message arrives or the new inspiration arrives
0: you, you can't force that when that happens. When you get those blocks, we can't force that. It's very hard to push past it. I think it only pushes it further when we do yes. that, when we try and push through it. I guess you just have to maybe get up, go for a walk, you know, something different to take you down a different path.
1: Yes, because I have heard from many, many artists that, no, you just have to paint every day They paint every day. Not every day you want to paint. Not every yeah. day you feel so it is not coming from your heart it's a waste of your time.
0: I love that If it's not coming from your heart it's a waste of time, that's beautiful. Monica I'm curious, I'd love to get your thoughts on this with you being an artist, a creative do you think that we are all born with an innate creativity? I mean this is something I often wonder and think about when it comes to artists musicians, I mean we're all artists in some way, athletes even as well, do you think that people are just born with a natural ability or is it something like I mean is it something you can learn practice and hone and eventually become artistic because I hear people say all the time I'm not artistic I don't have an artistic bone in my body Uh, I think that some people in this world there's there's a, a select gifted group I think that are just born with a natural ability to say, play an instrument or paint or draw. Like there's the, that upper level of musicians and artists who just, it's almost like you look at their work and you think, holy shit, these people must've come out of the womb with a paintbrush or with a guitar or because they've just got this incredible ability. And that's not to say that they don't have to practice, but I think that there are some that are just, naturally gifted and have that ability already within them. And then there are others, I think, that have to practice. And again, that's not to say that the the naturals aren't don't have to practice either, but there's a difference there. But I'm curious, do you think that the ones that aren't naturally born with that ability have the ability within them to reach that same level of artistry of of expert in their in their art do you think that's possible for everybody to reach that certain level
1: i do believe that you can achieve anything that you want to achieve the thing is if we go back to the programs that we all human beings accepted in ourselves like when we were kids and our parents did not appreciate our work and say oh you paint horrible you cannot paint go and play football You know, so just stop believing that you are good. And that becomes a pattern when you're an adult, you're saying, no, I'm not good. That's why I play football, you know, because that's something that you have accepted. That's a program that you have accepted in yourself. And that becomes a belief. So I believe that everybody that wants to do something, it doesn't matter the beginning. Yes, they're going to go into the process of healing because they're going to go. It's like, okay, it might not be the best one right now, but I'm going to get better. And continue doing it and continue doing it and continue doing it. And you will get better and more than you will believe in yourself. So I believe everybody can do it. Yes, it is easier for some people than others to do anything. But if you put your heart in it and you want to learn how to do it, you can do it. I have many students. Well, let's go back to the students that I have that were blind. How many people tell blind people that they cannot paint?
0: Yeah, true.
1: And they did paint, and they exhibited their work in Italian in different places after that. So it's just a program that you have to bring in that you're not good for this or that, that you have accepted from your parents, from one teacher, from someone. You got that. And it doesn't matter who put it in there. It is about you to remove that limitation that you have put on yourself.
0: That's incredible. And do you think that there's ever a time where it's too late to start? Like, let's say someone wants to learn how to play guitar and they want to start a band. Do you ever think, oh, do you think it's ever too late to start?
1: If you really have the desire to do something, you can do it and never is too late.
0: <laughs> I you really love it, to.
1: <laughs> I have students that they were in their 80s And they were coming with me, art students, and they have never painted before. And they were doing masterpieces later on. And they find a new goal in life and a new adventure for them because they find something that they can do at their 80s.
0: I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your insights on that. I think that's a really important thing, because like you said, we all get so conditioned, whether it be as a kid or like like you said, from our parents, our teachers, all of these outside sources that tell us that, no, you can't do this or no, you can't do that, do something else. And so thank you for sharing your insights on that. I think that's really, really powerful.
1: Thank you. Yes, it's just important about believing in yourself.
0: Sure, for sure. And again, that comes with the self-love back to ourselves, right? The foundation of self. Yes, I do. That's that's a game changer. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful, Monica?
1: Well, I am the kind of person that is very persistent. (laughs) If you you tell me I can't do it, that's the first thing I'm going to start trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) I love in, it. know, Spanish is my first language. Yeah, and I have heard you are not never gonna be a writer because do unless in English because it's not even your your language or your how you're gonna be talking in Harvard your your first language is in Spanish and I did it I did all that I believe it is persistence and Beautiful. I I never give up if I wanted to achieve something I would not stop doing it to achieve it and. If I want to continue doing it, I continue. But at least I prove it to myself that I
0: did it. How do you define success? What does that word mean to you?
1: Yes, that changed for everybody. Everybody has a different conception of success. And there is no right or wrong answer for this one. But it is how you make you feel the success. It is for you. It is traveling all the time. Or or how do you see yourself in the mirror? Or having the support of your family? Or whatever it is. Because for each person, is different. And we just have to define for us, for each person, what it is success, how we feel success, how we think about success, how it smells, how it tastes. That's what we can go to for that goal. We just have to be very clear for us what it means, success, so we can achieve it.
0: What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? What was your life like after learning it?
1: Well, my life before, I grew up in a narcissist family. So it was very hard for me to believe in me. I was born with a program that I was only born to take care of my parents until the day they died. And they died. And then after that, it's like, oh, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. <laughs> so my life is very different when I realized why I was born, I was not born to take care of someone or to be wife or mother or this or that. When I started removing all my limitations and my blockage when, and the programs that I have accepted in me, that's when I became free. That's when I actually can, can shift my life. So that's why I tell everybody, whatever you're afraid to do, why you don't try it? Because you bring yeah. down that limitation on you. I want to go to skydiving because it's one of my fierce heights. And so that's why I wanted to do it.
0: And have Just you
1: done it? Not yet.
0: My- <laughs> Soon, <dad>. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Great strength and courage. I love it. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for?
1: But my daughter. She She's the one that... Keep me sane and keep me here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's the Um, one who saved you, as you said earlier.
1: Yes. Yes. She taught me how to love myself because I wanted to be a better human being. I wanted to be a better mother. And she started teaching me in a way what things I wanted to teach her. So I have to become a better human being if I wanted to teach her all those
0: things. Monica, what does the word empowerment mean to you?
1: Knowing that you have the power to change the life and create the life that you really want. Knowing, not only for knowing from outside, because yes, everybody repeated every time, oh, yes, you can create the life that you want. But the thing is actually to understand that, that you have the power through your thoughts and your emotions, you're creating your reality. So in the moment that you are actually doing that, you're not going to let yourself manipulate or control by anything or by anyone that can be the media that can be the news that can be anything yeah because if you're accepting the fears of the collective let's put it like that you're going to feel unempowered you're going to feel powerless you're going to yeah. feel that things happen to you so you're going to play the role of the victim and that role of the victim is not going to create the life that you actually really
0: dream true well said Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid-fire section here, so the next grouping of questions will just be two, three, four-word answer type thing, okay? Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Creative. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Self-love. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Passionate. What is your favorite self-care practice?
1: Breathing. Conscious breathing.
0: What is your biggest fear?
1: Not achieve everything that I wanted to achieve in this timeline.
0: If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be?
1: That we all can create the life that actually we want. That we have everybody the capability to be as magic, have the magic inside of us, and we just have to learn to express it outside of us so we can believe more in us.
0: Love it. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What challenge in your life has shaped you the most, would you say? It
1: was my sickness. It's the one that, that shaped me more because they were my teachers. Each one of my sickness, including my depression. Okay. That,
0: yes. Go ahead. Go ahead, Monica.
1: And the moment I learned that I can control my thoughts and my emotions, well, not control them, but I can learn how to observe them, my thoughts and my emotions. Well, that's when I learned, too, I can control my emotional state. So, there's no more. I'm not going to say I never go sad. I'm human. Yes. But it's not going to take me to a depression that is going to throw me out of the wagon completely like it used to be before.
0: What would you say is the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten?
1: The first time I married, they told me, well, you're already in the age that you have to see but not see, hear but not hear. You wanted to talk but you cannot talk. That was the worst. Wow. Advice that I receive it. Yes. I did a poem about that. In fact, Did you?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course I will.
0: <laughs> in the last two years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life?
1: Knowing that I am powerful, knowing that I am complete, that I'm whole, that I deserve, that I want to. And if I'm not achieving it, I just have to search inside of me why I'm not projecting it, what a limitation I have inside of me so I can remove that because I can achieve anything that I want. Love that.
0: If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why?
1: That's a good one because I admire many women. <laughs> uh, so I would like to have that conversation with Tonan Sin. One-on-one, face-to-face, not in spirit. I do channel her, but I, I would like to sit down with her and one-on-one and talk with her. Because you know. there are many women that I admire, but, uh, but I have many questions to turn and That is Virgin Guadalupe for some viewers that do not know what is who's turn and
0: Okay. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Do not give up. And do not settle. Settling it is the part that kills us and will harm you. So do not settle that you're worth it. It doesn't matter if people tell you, do you, don't. It is their perception. Not, it should never be yours.
0: Love it. That is so powerful. Lastly, Monica, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart?
1: Hmm. It will be about believing in themselves because it was for me a big game changer. When I start believing that I can, one, be forgiven because I am the one that was judging myself more. And 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 that's where I also became everything I can be, I wanted to be. If you believe in yourself, you can actually change your reality. You can change the world. We can change anything that we want to change. But that only happens if you believe enough in yourself that you deserve it, that you're worth it.
0: Beautiful. Monica, thank you so much. This has been an incredibly inspiring and beautiful conversation. I truly have enjoyed thoroughly this time to sit down and speak with you and learn more about who you are and what you do and the beautiful light that you shine out into the world and all the help you're bringing for other people, it's just incredible. You're a lighthouse. So thank you very much for, for being the amazingly beautiful soul you are and for being part of the Empowerography community. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for all your listeners too. Thank you for inviting me, Brad.
0: My I pleasure. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Monica Ramirez. She is an artist, a transformational belief coach, and an NLP practitioner. Thank you so much, Monica. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day.
1: You too. Thank you,